I'm Nicole Matthews, corporate America dropout turned entrepreneur and owner of The Henley Company, an event travel and lifestyle management firm. It wasn't that long ago that I was dreading my drive to my fancy corporate job each day or felt disenfranchised with the work I was doing. In 2007, I jumped off the corporate escalator and directly into the elevator of opportunity. Today, I'm an author, speaker, educator, and serial asker. I wholeheartedly believe that your life changes when you start creating your own opportunities and making big asks. Hands down, the business and life I have today is 100% the product of giving myself permission to design the life I want to live. It was always my dream to work at the Olympics, and by making a big ask, that dream became a reality. I now have multiple Olympic projects to add to my life resume. I created the Big Ask Podcast to share these best practices with you. Whether you're an entrepreneur hungry for revenue-generating tips or an individual restless to make a significant change, the life you want to live could be just one big ask away. Get ready to be entertained by real life stories, no filter conversations, and inspired by the daily hustle. So let's get started. This is the Big Ass Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big Ass Podcast. I'm Nicole Matthews and I'm super excited today because we are on the road for the Big Ass Podcast. It's the first time we are recording outside of San Diego, which is really fun. I'm in Long Beach at the moment and attending a uh, branding conference called World Z. Uh, Worlds, I guess is how they would say it, how the kids would say it. Um, and just learning from like all the masters of the craft. So it's been super exciting, but a huge bonus of being here in Long Beach is that I've gotten to, gotten, that's good English, isn't it? Scott, I've been able to, in the last 48 hours, spend a ton of time with one of my favorite people. And I am very excited to introduce you to my friend, Nicole. So you're going to have a ton of Nicole coming at you today, mm-hmm. right? It's like double trouble. Um, but Nicole um, Ashibodo, mm-hmm. Ashibodo, <laughs> yeah, yep, perfect. <laughs> Which I just like, I just call her Nicoleo because That's the good. last name is just, it's too much. Yeah, it's too much. So, um, but um, we met three or four years ago, would you say? Probably, yeah, four years ago. Four years ago. And um, the way that I met Nicole was I got an email via LinkedIn, which was like this multi-paragraph email. And basically it just started out with the universe and a bunch of people are telling me that I need to know you. So here you go. This is why I think I need to know you. And this is why I would love to meet with you. And I just was charmed by the email and intrigued. And so we met for coffee. And I think that's where the the love affair started yes. a good four years ago. And our souls were one. <laughs> I think so. We bonded not only over the name, but just over like our love of events and entrepreneurism and all kinds of, all the things, all mm-hmm. the things. So Nicolio, welcome to the podcast, the big ass podcast. Thank you. I feel so honored to be your first on the road. I know on the road. It's yes, very exciting. I love anything first ever. So well, you yes. deserve it. You should definitely <laughs> deserve it. So, um, I've known you a few years, but, um, help the listeners get to know, um, who you are. Sure. So I am originally from Michigan and I feel like I've moved all over. I've lived in Virginia Beach, San Diego, always lived by water. Recently, I've moved to Austin. So now I'm landlocked and that actually (laughs) feels a little weird. But um, that's, uh, you know, kind of coming from all over. And I am just 
I consider myself a branding junkie. I went to school um, in Chicago for hospitality management with a focus of event um, planning and design. And that's kind of where the passion for where I'm at in my life and career and my my unjob, as I call it, um, has has led me a bunch of things. The universe has brought me to this to this moment. Um, I when I was in college, I feel like there was a few moments of trajectory or bounce, I like to call them, mm-hmm. um, where I was in these classes and they were talking about these ready-made, even internship opportunities or jobs or anything else. And I was like, I felt so like I was ordering off of a menu at Denny's, you know, and like, well, would you like the ham and, you know, the moons over my hammy or whatever, <laughs> or like what, w- these are the options. I'm like, this is what's there for you. And I'm like, no, I've always been this believer of the old story of like the tortoise and the hare of, um, you know, and one wins and one loses. And I just think, well, what about the third invisible character? Yeah. What if there was somebody else? And so I just feel like there's this untold story or a group of options or just these things that, yeah, there's that, but I'm going to go do, you know, make my own mm-hmm. opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I've actually only had one job that I've applied to that had a job description. Everything <laughs> else has just been through happenstance or me kind of just breaking the door down and creating that own, um, my own opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that has really brought things to me. Um, I feel like I'm a hundred percent an opportunist. I'm always, my eyebrows are lifted always. My ears are always perked looking for, um, you know, an opportunity of if, if everybody's running left, is it danger on the right or is it because they're scared and I should go right? And generally I go right. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely say that the name on the back of your jersey should be Hustler. <laughs> and and I don't mean that in the like stripper sort of way. Yeah. Okay. But I mean that in the, um, tenacity in uh, just like wonder like you approach life with just such a two things need to occur I need to figure out a way to make it happen and there should probably be some sort of bedazzled sparkle involved in all of that Um, but but you really are a master I think in just working a room and not being afraid to have conversations and introduce yourself to people which I feel like a ton of people could learn from because you were not a wallflower. And, um, and so let's talk a little bit about kind of that hustle Mm -hmm. mentality. And is that a nature or nurture sort of thing? I think it's, um, a little bit of both. I think it's, um, nature in that that's what seems to like, I'm always attracted to those things. That's Mm -hmm. the way that I function well, my flaws mostly, but a lot of my strengths, um, are definitely a nature thing that I feel like nurture has helped me capitalize Mm on, Mm -hmm. um, where it's, if anything, if, if there's a flaw or something that maybe I'm not fantastic at or something like I still don't know how to put a header on Excel document, for example, <laughs> like that lack of like organization has made me have to be really great at something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've one day I just made this decision that I'm not going to get a little bit you know, I'm not going to get a little bit better at everything. I'm just going to say, well, this is what I'm really good at. So if I literally pour everything into that, I won't need the other things (laughs) as much or I could hire them out. So that's where I think, um, I, my excitement comes from people, the way Mm -hmm. that people interact, why they do things is fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. Um, when I walk in a room, the most exciting thing is 
room full of people. I just think there is somebody in here that is going to change my direction today. Yeah. Or I'm going to meet somebody like you or just it. who knows? Or maybe mm-hmm. people like how we met. Like yeah. they're going to say, you have to meet Nicole. We're at, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Worlds right now. And three people have told me that I meet, need to meet the same person, yeah. um, you know, a couple times. And so that's where um, I think naturally I'm just drawn to this I am really excited about things. Mm -hmm. And that's where if people, I feel like if people were to describe me or say what drew them to me or how our relationship began, it would not be because I asked them to do something. It would be because they were drawn to like me being so into and enthusiastic and glass overflowing with Mm -hmm. glitter. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's where I think it starts. And then after that, then you, you follow up and, oh, wow, like she, she's smart or she's all these other things. Like, Mm -hmm. but at first it's just a genuine like care and um, love for people. And like, I want to hear their story and, oh my gosh, I can help you. I'm naturally that person that's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I got a solution. Sometimes that's my flaw because I'm not a very good listener. (laughs) So (laughs) um, yeah. And that's where I, I think that's what people would say and then from that after that and it's like all my experience and then there's a trust Mm -hmm. in business or in friendship or whatever and and we kind of build on that and awesome things happen yeah so when we first met you um were getting your event company pink pineapple events off the ground Mm -hmm. and so you were obviously looking to you know revolutionize the um space of being an entrepreneur and then as you progressed through that then you decided no i don't want to just revolutionize one company i want to revolutionize an entire industry. And so you mentioned earlier that you have an unjob. So talk a little bit about how the whole HD thing came to be and how you made the decision to sunset pink pineapple events and then, and then add, uh, or, or go to work and actually physically move to Austin to work for an agency. Sure. So, um, I, was really fortunate in the beginning, like right out of college. Um, I graduated when I was 28. So it was a little bit longer. It took me 11 years to graduate. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a single mom for a lot of those years. So it took a little bit, you know, life happened Mm -hmm. and it took a little bit longer, but I was really fortunate to have, um, done just a few events that just helped my resume more so than anything else where, um, I got to work for the agency that did, um, the Harpo studios of the Oprah, Mm -hmm. um, events. And then also they did some things for, you know, for the White House, um, the actual entity of the White House. And so um, those two things were helped me <laughs> open doors um, where I could get these um, interviews for jobs and just, you know, that my credibility was there. And so um, I did BizDev for a few years for uh, event agencies and the tech companies, and I was just not loving it. You know, I love the people, but I didn't love what I was selling and I didn't believe in it. And so one day I just decided to quit and like... <laughs> Didn't tell my husband. I sent him a text, which is, <laughs> ladies, if you're married, you should not share those kinds mm-hmm. of things in a text message. <laughs> Moving on. Um, and I said, oh, my God, the best thing happened to me today. He's like, what? I was like, I quit my job. And he's like, um, you know. And so um, I decided to start Pink Pineapple. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe my head was a little big. And I was like, oh, I can, you know, I've done this and I can. Yeah, no. Um, so Pink Pineapple was I thought I was going to do these corporate events or incentives. And I really didn't know whatever. And so um, but I had been continuing to attend these industry events, event industry events. And I had been friends with um, my other two co-founders now, um, Tom Spano and Liz Lathan for 
10 years at these events. And, um, and one day we were all sitting in the hallway at one of these events and they were um, doing something we call xylophone shaming and where they're ding, 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 go back into your session. Uh And we were having such a great conversation. We're like, we don't want to go back into this session. Like, no, I refuse, you know? So in that moment was where our unjobs were born. And so Liz was working at IBM at the time. Tom was, um, somewhere else, Twitter or wherever, you know, he was. And I obviously was doing pink pineapple. And we said, the best part of the event is the conversation that you have in the hallway. Mm -hmm. And the worst part we think most of the time is the registration experience. You stand in line, get your bag of stuff, go sit on your phone till you see somebody, you know. So what if we change those two things and we create an event that's entirely attendee based. They choose the content. It's all about the attendees talking to each other. So we said, all right, let's give it a try. Invite a hundred of our friends held our first one in Austin because Liz knew the most people. (laughs) And so that's really what happened. Um, and we did this trial. We said, listen, we're going to try this. It's, it's tip. It was called the unconference format, but that's like this negative connotation. And and we've really grown it to be much more than that. So we actually have taken that out of our vocabulary, but for context. Um, and so we did this event and at the end we do something called a live retrospective. And so we say plus deltas, what did you love about the event? What do you suggest we change for next time? And everybody was like, this needs to stay. This wasn't long enough. Um, you guys, this is so special. And Liz and I are standing in the back of the room with tears in our eyes like, oh my gosh, it's a thing. Yeah. Still working our other jobs. Move fast forward. We do a second one. Um, and an attendee named Jeff Haynes um, has come to two of our events. And he rode on the plane back to Austin with Liz and said, I really love this. You know, and and that conversation turned into they he acquired um, pink pineapple, turned it into hot dokimazo, and he said, "I really need to build a bubble around you and Nicole, and give you the resources that you need because this is what you guys want to do." And in the meantime, we're also going to build this event agency, and thus Hot Companies was born, mm-hmm. um, and Hot Dokimazo functions underneath that. So, I um, they said you don't need to move to San Diego. What, you know, Liz will work from here. Tom's working remote. You can stay in San Diego and work. But I just was like, we're a human centric company. We need to be connected. So I said, I need to literally be in the same room as Liz all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and as we build this thing. And so three weeks later, there was a moving truck in front of my house and I moved to Austin. I remember that phone call. I remember that conversation you and I had about that. And, um, talk a little bit about, um, when you were designing HD, what did you want to include that was different than what was already existing, right? So the whole point of HD is just to flip everything on its head. Mm-hmm. And I know that crowdsourcing is a super big part uh, of it, right? There's no agenda. As I sign up for it, there's no agenda that I can look at that says, you know, at 11 a.m. I want to see this speaker, at 3 p.m. I want to see this speaker, yeah. right? Instead, there a group of people get into the room and then they decide, right? Mm-hmm. Like what topics and, and kind of areas that they want to explore that are specific to them or to the crowd in general, mm-hmm. right? So talk a little bit about kind of decisions of how you went away from a traditional sort of conference sure. to what you've created today. Yeah. So um, we really sat through and thought, what are the best things? What do we need more of? What is there a lack of in the events, at events, for event people? Mm-hmm. That's where we started. And so we said, um, let, like, 
people just want to feel connected to each other. And what does that mean? We all work for companies that are trying to force that. So we started on the basis of one of our mottos, which we say is no fake fun Mm -hmm. um, and death to the ballroom. You know, and we said, we want to be in cool spaces that are relaxed and feel safe where you can give and get. So we said, okay, we have these pillars of um, of our hot dokimazo, the spontaneous think tank experience that are, um, one of them is we call them the welcome attack, right? Where as soon as they walk through the door, we're like, hi, super energy. It's us in the front um, giving them a hug. And then people are like, whoa, like just start the event off like that is great. And then we take them over, they write their own name tag, first name only. That's huge. Imagine the conversations when it wasn't based on title or company yeah. um, for both sides. Then we sit, we take them over and immediately they have a tribe of people like right away. So the energy's high, there's music and they have a family style meal. Mm-hmm. That's a primal thing of community mm-hmm. is breaking bread together. We introduce them at the table. We fill them as they come. So there's never that awkward, I don't know anybody experience. Mm-hmm. And that is so disarming that, okay, we're talking, we're sharing food. There's a lot of energy in the room. Then we move to the crowdsourcing. And that is um, where we say, if you're, for example, if you're an expert at something, you write that topic on a pink sticky note. If you have a problem you're trying to solve, you write it in any other color. The music's going, it's chaotic. People are writing topics. These are topics important to them. We don't really guide them per se as far as what it generally ends up to be about the industry or whatever the group of people is. And then after that, they go off and do some kind of a distraction or something else for 45 minutes Why we, um, Liz and I, build the agenda on the back end. And we match the haves and the have-nots. And then we text people and say, hey, you've been chosen to facilitate a discussion on this at this time in this area of wherever we are. Mm -hmm. And then the sessions happen. And you wouldn't believe, but we have this thing now where we look through pictures and we say, find me somebody on their cell phone. Like we have to look for somebody. And generally if they're on their cell phone ever, it's because they're taking notes. It's not because they're doing something else. They're leaning in. We have a vote with your feet mentality. If you don't like the conversation, no problem, no feelings hurt, go get up and move to another one. Mm -hmm. And then the last part is the group retrospective. We have the plus deltas. What did you like? What should we change? Mm -hmm. And then the last piece is this is crazy and everybody thinks we're crazy, but it works is we give out everybody's contact information that was there. So we kind of do a little LinkedIn stalking, Mm -hmm. get their picture and share phone numbers, emails, name, title, everything at the end. So during the conference, there's no need for a business card. You know, you're going to get everybody's contact information. But around that, we've built this intangible thing that's kind of the code of conduct where they're a self-governing community where we say this is not an opt-in list. There's no sales at these events allowed. Like we are Mm -hmm. policing that all the Mm -hmm. time Um, and people respect it. And we've, we've really had a very few problems with people just abusing that like outright share of information. And thus also when you give out your information, people are more, they answer more. So if you're a partner and you want to reach out to a brand or a brand that has a question or whatever, those emails are answered Mm -hmm. because, Hey, I met you at this thing. Love what you had to say about this. There's context there and respect. Yeah. That's awesome. So the structure of HD right now, or at least in the beginning was very much like I agree to go, right. I'm excited to go, but I know a, a, a new direction for you is to take it into companies and work with sort of an internal team, right? Mm -hmm. So how does HD in its structure change 
when you have an attendee who wants to be there versus an attendee who has to be there. Right. Sure. So the company's decided that on Thursday is going to be our team building day and this is unconference HD thing is coming to us. And now I'm not real excited to be there. Sure. Right. So how are you facilitating those kind of landmines? Yeah. So we, um, the signature series is when we invite and we curate the audience mm-hmm. one by one. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's an open call to an industry where they can apply for an invitation and we try and make a balance mm-hmm. of, 50% one kind of people, 50 the other. Um, or we invite, maybe we say, okay, we're going to do a group of 20 high level, maybe it's CMOs, or next year we're going to do one for chief diversity officers mm-hmm. or something where they're going to get together. So that's a curated audience. Another arm of the business, and this is like main, the, the revenue generating arm is something we call HDX. And that's where a company can hire us in and bring us to, is it their internal do you know, bring their internal team? Do we go into their company? Is it, I have an existing event and we're going to hijack, you know, or take over mm-hmm. four hours mm-hmm. of it or eight or the whole day? Is it a standalone event? Um, people have brought together their customers, um, like marketing departments, 50 raving fan customers, 50 potential customers, and we kick sales and marketing out of the room. Mm-hmm. Imagine those conversations and the topics about the products and mm-hmm. the raving fans are selling and that's great. Um, so that's kind of how we how we operate is that they can pull us in. And so the thing to remember is that this is a verb. It's a way of meeting, sharing, and learning. So although we say, here's these five pillars of what we do, the welcome attack will not change. Maybe it will, if it's very corporate, maybe we'll do an aggressive handshake, but the energy level's the same. But, um, and what happens around those five pillars? what they eat can change. Maybe we use the sticky notes in another way because some people need to direct the information they need a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So that can absolutely flex. And so um, this doesn't have to be stuck to a certain age or industry or, oh, how does it work? Um, Here's a suggested timeline and we'll be in control of facilitating that. We're very good at reading the crowd and quickly Mm -hmm. making changes or jumping in if if a conversation needs help. But that's, um, you know, after that, it's just a conversation of, well, why would you even consider wanting to do this? That's if they can tell us that answer, then I can give them back a perfect event. Yeah, definitely. It's such a, it's so fun to watch from the sidelines on what you're creating because there is literally no roadmap. I mean, you guys are like creating and forget every Thomas Brothers, you know, <laughs> Google Maps, uh, ways. I mean, you guys are like literally lighting the world on fire with what you're creating. And it's all, I know it seemed, it's very um, intentional on your side, but it's not intentional as somebody who's who's re, who's been a participant in it. I've, mm-hmm. You know, having been through your program in San Diego, it you know there's structure around it, but the beauty of it is that there's no structure, right? And so that's mm-hmm. pretty rare to find that. You know, I mean, even in the conference where we're where we are now, there's definitely a structure. Like mm-hmm. we know what time we need to be back for the next session. Yeah. And yes, you kind of have the framework, but what's so great is just what's coming out of something on the fly with these brilliant people in the room and then finding the brilliance you didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. It's real easy to find the expert in the room, but where's the person who's not deemed the expert who comes up with the best piece of advice, information, whatever, like that kind of stuff must be just like soul lighting all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, we call it soul popping. Soul popping. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And, and that, 
it is really great where we always say, you know, um, the first thing is that like we've, what a responsibility and how lucky are we to have a business model that has turned into a verb, mm-hmm. right? And this verb will eventually, like in 200 years, people are not going to say, let's Google it, but they might say, let's hot tokimazo it or let's HD it. So it's mm-hmm. operating outside of, um, you know, to build a business that operates outside of time, space and product, right? Mm-hmm. This demand for human interaction will never go away. Um, And so we always say we create, we're the collaboration architects Mm -hmm. and then the people that attend are the collaboration artists. Mm -hmm. artists. So think of it as work canvas, they're the painters. And so um, it's not us giving them this experience. It's us kind of like guiding them and like, I would say making them feel safe to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. because our kind of new thing we brought it down to is because everyone has a story to tell. Mm -hmm. So, and that can be in all ways. You have something to share. You have something to get. You can just listen and lean in whatever you want to do. It's Mm -hmm. your choice. Mm -hmm. And so when people get to create a fully personalized experience and choose what resonates with them Mm -hmm. and share what they feel like or not, Mm -hmm. that is something that they can explain. So when we at the end, when we do the retrospective, people are not sharing what did I get from this event as far as content I learned. Because yes, they learn those things and that's great. And a lot of people that need to get approval to come need to show what did I learn? Mm -hmm. Yes. Did I make new connections? Absolutely. But what they share and what they're impressed with and something that you can like build something that can spread to the world is when they share, I've never been in a situation where I felt like I was amongst an instant family where I felt like it was okay to say what I was struggling with, mm-hmm. to say, to help somebody if they needed it. And nobody cared where I worked or nobody yeah. cared what my title was. It was just like people helping people and the amazing business opportunities that are going to come from this mm-hmm. because we were friends and family first. Mm-hmm is inexplicable and there's no words for that. And that is something that's like what we cultivate. Yeah. Well, building a business one post-it at a time, right? Yeah. You guys should be going (laughs) for the Guinness Book of Records of like how many post-its can a company use, right? So if if post-it is listening, you guys need to become a big fat partner. Yes. We've reached out to them a few times and they don't respond. Oh, come on post-its. One day, come on post-its. If somebody knows post-its, they need Mm -hmm. to definitely be involved. Post-its is changing the world. They don't even know. They don't even know. Mm -hmm. They don't even know. A missed opportunity for post-its. So yeah. Yeah, somebody listening probably knows somebody at Post-its who can change the trajectory yes. of that. So uh, so I know in November you're doing something super fun. You're taking all, um, you invited all the people who've been through an HD program in the last two years mm-hmm. and uh, you're doing a secret family reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this tribe of people has to commit to arriving in New York City um, on a Sunday night and not knowing where they're going to be boarding a plane to and the big reveal party is going to happen and they're going somewhere fabulous in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so talk a little bit about sort of that decision of creating something super unique, yeah. um, but also what the intention behind it is, I think is an important conversation too. Yeah. So we say anytime you've attended one of our events or once you've attended our event, your family. And I feel like in the true spirit of family, every family needs a family, family reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I get to sit around and go, oh my gosh, you know, it would be really fun. I was like, let's make it a secret. Why not? And so I was like, and you know what we should do is put 
like charter an airplane. So uh, that was that happened, and <laughs> and um, luckily, you know, Jeff's crazy enough to have let me do it, and that was great. And so, yeah, all of the attendees, we've chartered a seven thirty seven, and all the attendees know is to show up on November second at two p.m. Um, at at TWA Hotel, and we'll have a huge, you know, reveal moment. We'll live stream it for other people to be involved as well, and then we're taking them to um, a secret bucket list worthy um, destination where uh, even if they've been to this place before, they have not been to this specific place before and um, who's now wants to bring in more corporate events and all of these things. Um, But the bigger picture was we um, want to kind of change up the way that people think about events. And, and through this, it has been the events in the travel industry. Like if they, if anybody sees what happens on this trip or they experience it or they read about it or whatever, they'll always think differently. So when we say this event will change events forever, we're very serious and it will probably happen in it, you know, even if it's just in a way of thinking. And so we've reinvented the art of getting there, right? We said, okay, on, on a plane, we've been flying, you know, on planes and we're like, the middle seat's the worst. First. So let's make it the best. What does the call button do at certain times? What do you put in the seat backs? Are we, you know what? I've always wanted to do a conga line. We should do that, you know? And so we made the flight itself great. And then we're, of course, going to this place where, um, you know, we feel that um, we'll bring out the most, you know, familial feel with with everybody and just be a place that people can be relaxed and get closer. And it's not about like having to be here at this exact time. And, you know, it's, it's beautiful and refreshing and kind of reignites your soul. So um, the whole thing is important from not just a lot of travel companies are like this destination, this destination, and then you're crammed like a cow in the back and coach. Yeah. Um, what about how you get there and when you're not in first class? Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of our our bigger picture. And there's it's grown to be crazy and big and whatever. And um, who knows, maybe we'll, somebody will say, oh, can you come do this for our company? Like, I'm happy to follow whatever comes out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's exciting to literally be shaking things up and nobody has done anything like this from that I can find anyways yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's like this and we actually just a couple months out are getting people to be like wait you're serious like that's not a joke you're really doing this and I'm like yeah like we didn't ever like of course we've been yeah. saying this or whatever and so now it's just a shock that we're pulling it off mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so and they don't even know anything of, of we've kept a lot under wraps so it's really yeah. exciting what I, that, I mean it's just going to be amazing I mean I have to admit that I know the destination and uh, just because you and I have been working on something in regards to it but um, it, it's going to blow people's minds and, and when we say it's revolutionizing the way that events are done, we're not kidding. Cause mm-hmm. you and I have been in this game a long time Yes, <laughs> and we've kind of seen everything. And so it's so refreshing to suddenly see something that is, that makes people go, wait, what? And not in a, in a negative way, mm-hmm. right? They're just like, wait, what? Tell me more. I have mm-hmm. to know. So kudos to you and your team for what you guys have created. And I think one of the reasons you and I have um, had the relationship that we have is because we're both big proponents on creating your own opportunities, Mm -hmm. right? That for both of us, like we can go back and look at 
the the trajectory changing in our businesses and our lives because we created an opportunity for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're doing with, um, with HD is that you're not only creating your, an opportunity for yourself in terms of building a business and a brand, but you're very focused on creating opportunities for brands to be involved as well. Like Mm -hmm. I watched you yesterday work the room, you know, here at the conference and within, you know, seven and a half minutes, you had like a beverage partner and (laughs) she was so excited. And how so kind of maybe talk through a little bit about just that lack of fear in terms of creating opportunities for other brands too because i think it's an important piece you can't just always create opportunities for yourself Mm -hmm. but but you and i are very strategic in terms of how we think about partners and brands and making sure that they're getting something out of it as well so just yeah i don't know that's a lot in there to unpack but take us somewhere yeah i think that um the whole spirit of and the growth and now it you know hd being more of a movement um with a business Mm -hmm. kind of is that it's not about us Literally. And I feel like I've heard people stand on stage and say that. And I've heard people whatever. And then it really is. Or they're just, oh, but. And then their byproduct is there, their business grows, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's, they're saying it's not their focus, but it is. And so if we're saying that we're bringing these experiences together, and especially for event people who Mm -hmm. are like, we'd all do this, you know, it can't be horrible, is let's, let's think about it in a different way. What can we give right? That a byproduct will be that we get. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to say I need this at my event. I need food. I need drinks. I will love an entertainment experience. Like those are checklist items and that's all about me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even in, um, partnerships, um, it's really easy to go and because you need them to happen so bad. Okay. I have to find a sponsor. I have to do this. I have to have a partner. Like you miss, like there's no real ROI. People like have real ROI in the, you know, come and get exposure and everybody will see you and whatever. Like I, feel like I look for those opportunities and I rarely mm-hmm. follow up with that company just because that's just an empty experience for mm-hmm. me. Thank you for that drink. Thank you for your popcorn, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not like this popcorn's amazing because I want to see what did the brand do? Right. Mm-hmm. So if we say, um, you know, kind of creating these opportunities. When I look for a brand, I'm like, okay, let's, let's be honest. Like this is what, like the basic need is I need product, whatever, you know, that's at the most basic. And I said, that's, that's fine. And I said, but what I want to do is I want to know what do you need from my people? And then instead of telling you, here's my packages and whatever, I'm going to say, okay, like I'm going to think about this like an event marketer as if they're my client and how do I create this experience or give them something like that, that they've never, is it information? Mm -hmm. Um, Have they, do they feel like drained from just doing event after event of showing up with their product and then all of a sudden being like, thanks, I got two leads and then, you know, and then they're forever forgotten. Um, How do I, like, what's going to make it last and all of those things. And those are questions like, sure, we all think through, but we actually do it. So we say no to more people than we say yes. Um, if something finds me like yesterday I was running around the conference and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is it. Like I wanted to, I wanted to think about drinks on a plane different. Mm-hmm. Right. And you guys like this, you're like our spirit beverage and this is great. And, and I feel like 
partnering with you will give you as much as it gives me because I don't want you to just send me your box of stuff and walk mm-hmm. away, mm-hmm. right? I want you to, of course, yes, we all want co-marketing. That's great, whatever. That's like a basic as well. But I want you to be fired up about this and let's build something together. My answer to you most of the time will be yes. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as you're not like buy, selling on the spot, like right. the answer is yes. So creating those opportunities that make sense and fire people up and that also I feel like as event people, we want to be able to give our expertise. Mm-hmm. What better information, like opportunity when you have a group of people that can give them feedback, hey, this is, and what a vulnerable place. When do we ever get to see a brand say, ah, we're really, we have this new thing. It's not going well. Like, this is what I'm doing. Like, what do you guys see? Like this mastermind mindset is more of what we look for. Yeah. I think that's one of the mistakes event people make is that they only think about what the room looks like. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily think about what the experience is. And you guys are so dialed in, like you're saying, I mean, the middle seat, you know, you just taking something that is usually a, you know, like a punishment. It's like Mm -hmm. purgatory of like, oh God, I have to sit in this middle seat to now creating it and just flipping it on its head. And like, I would challenge, especially event people or other entrepreneurs, like, what are you doing in your business right now that is expected? And then where can you infuse the unexpected Mm -hmm. all of the time, right? So there's so much to learn from what you, you and your team are doing in terms of creating the unexpected. So can't wait to continue to follow that that journey um, with where you're headed and where that secret family reunion location Yay. is. Oh, super so excited good. about that. <laughs> um, so obviously the theme of the podcast is the big ask. And so um, I always am interested in talking to entrepreneurs about when is there a time you made a big ask or you kind of had to put yourself out there that maybe felt a little itchy mm-hmm. um, and uncomfortable and kind of what was your thinking and what was your preparation and then what was your result from mm-hmm. that and maybe like takeaways from that experience as well. Sure. Um, I would say that um, I was doing biz dev um, for a company one time and there was an account that we were trying to land and it was in San Francisco. No, I couldn't get a meeting, a response or whatever. I was using the traditional approaches in addition of whatever, but I knew that those weren't going to work. And that mm-hmm. if, if I'm not fired up, it's not going to happen yeah. because call it stubborn, but I can't just do something because you have to do it. I refuse. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I said, listen, I talked to them. I said, normally I have to show you, Hey, I, I need to fly to this place. I need to do a trip. I'm going to have these meetings, whatever. Okay, great. And get approval at the time. And so I said, listen, I said, you just need to drop me off in San, San Francisco. Right. And they're like, what? And I was like, just trust me, like, whatever. I'm just going to walk around the city and I will come back with something. And I don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. And so I knew um, Charles Schwab was in San Francisco, for example. This was just one of many um, that I just knew were, were there. And so. I didn't even know where Charles Schwab, Schwab was in the taxi. They let me. They're like, okay, Nicole, just go ahead. And if it doesn't work, we're never letting you do this again. I was like, I promise. And so it will be great. So I'm walking around and Charles Schwab at the time or still um, has two buildings. And I'm thinking like, how do I get in there? You know, and I was like, this is interesting. I was like, man, there's a lot of security, isn't there? And so um, at both of the buildings, I'm like, mm, I'm just going to wait. 
see who walks out, right? So I'm like, okay, great. So I see a security guard walk out of the building and um, he's going. So I race across the street and try to beat him in his direction so I can kind of follow him. And um, it was a little stalkery, but it's not that stalkery. It was in public, everybody. So, um, and he walks into this dry cleaner and he was like, hey, he's saying hi to this dry cleaner. And I'm just like, ah, tie your shoe now. My shoes did not have laces, by the way, but I was tying my shoe invisibly. And so um, he goes to walk out and I had no idea what I was going to say. I was just like, this guy's going to get me in. And I just was like, yep, there he is. Like, I don't know how I knew. I just knew. Um, stand up at the same time. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, like perfectly timed standing upness. Um, and he's like, oh no, that's okay. And I was like, oh wow. And he had a name tag on and Ralph or whatever it was. Yeah. I was like, oh wow. I'm just like, I'm like, so do you work around here? You know, or whatever. And he's just like, yeah, you know, I met uh, Charles Schwab. And I was just like, oh, okay. I was like, you know, and this contact I had been trying to get in touch with um, on LinkedIn and whatever um, that I knew we had gone to school together or whatever and she worked at this place at Charles Schwab now and we were kind of having a hard time connecting and so I said I went to school with I said this is going to be a crazy question but I went to school with this girl and I was just like and I've been trying to get in touch with her and I was just like we keep missing each other and I was just like and he goes oh who is it you know and I said her name and he's like oh yeah she works in that building over there he's like come on over and I'm like wee and then arm in arm we walked across the street and he was giving me a tour of Charles Schwab and there I was like learning about all these things and who's in what building also great intel and um and I was genuinely creating this relationship with him because he was a nice looking guy and I generally was like okay this is this he's so cute you know whatever and so um brings me in or whatever and he goes here let me call her and I'm like oh okay here we are I was like great and I was like, ring, ring, ring. She answers. And I said, hey, you know, said her name. I was like, this is going to be crazy. But I literally flew all the way here from San Diego. I'm in town until tomorrow. I, I said, we did this crazy project. And I was just like, you know, hey, you know, we went to actually school together. And I was these things. And I was just like, you wouldn't happen. I said, I'm in your lobby. I know that sounds really freaky. And I was just like, but I'm in town, you know, whatever. I said, she goes, great, I'll be down. I was like, okay, great. She walks down. She was like, this is crazy. Caught up a little bit, you know. Um, and the big ask was like, okay, like I want, like how do we, I want to come back. Can mm-hmm. I come back and bring my team? This was so good. It was so good to see you again. Oh my gosh, you know, which yeah. was true, you know. Yeah. Um, and she said, yes. And three weeks later, the team flew out there. We did a great, you know, presentation at the time and all of these things. And so it was just kind of to, um, you know, it it was, it was how it happened was maybe a little bit disingenuous as far as timing, but, um, you know, that was, that's how you, you have to go after it. Like there was no way I was getting into the secure building (laughs) without this guy helping me. So I made that happen. (laughs) I love it so much. So what would you say to somebody who's listening that isn't Nicolio with Mm -hmm. that personality and the fairy dust and sparkles that like surround (laughs) you who doesn't have the courage to do that so how Mm -hmm. do we bring that that result like into the average person if you will the person who's like oh god I could never do that like what would be your advice for for somebody to to get the same result but Mm -hmm. who doesn't approach it the same way you you do sure um I think anybody can change the way that they look for things. I think a lot of people look at things. Mm -hmm. And if you're not looking for something, 
we're just looking at everything. So yeah. that's that meaning nothing's going to happen. So if you are always thinking and you don't necessarily have to be like, I'm looking for a white sweater with long sleeves. It doesn't have to be super specific. But if you just know that, like, I want to do something with this company or I think if you're a student, mm-hmm. I want to work one day for this company or I want to meet this person. They're my idol or whatever. And you constantly have an answer to three questions, which 95% of people do not have. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like those opportunities, you'll find something like the six degrees of separation. And the questions are, um, when you meet somebody, anybody, your teacher, your friend, whatever, and you're somebody new at a networking thing, or maybe not anybody on the street, the lady at the grocery store, and you come into a conversation, we're at the point, you know, the conversation's ending, and then they say these magic words, where they should be magic words. Mm -hmm. And if you think you're looking for something, these are them is um, sure, absolutely, this was great. Let me know if there's ever anything you need. To me, I'm like, ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Now, most people will say, oh yeah, you know, I totally will because they're going to think that now that they have their business card or their phone number or something or they're going to see them next week, hopefully, that they're going to reconnect. Most of the time that doesn't happen. Um, So on the spot, you need to have one of the questions is just let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Great. So I say, you know what? Actually there is. And I pick something that's relevant. I pick somebody, I let them know, um, a person I'm trying to meet. Um, I let them know, uh, a person I'm trying to meet something that like I need, like, okay, I'm like, I'm always looking like, does anybody know Richard Branson? Right. That was like, you know, I'm trying to be if you ever, if you know anybody that knows Richard Branson, his second cousin's uncle's dog's groomer. I want to know that person, you know, would you mind making an introduction? Yeah. That's one. Second one would be, um, what is a book recommendation? If you can find nothing in that conversation and they ask you that question, even as practice alone, be like, you know what? Actually there is, if there's any kind of a book, you know, based on our conversation, a yeah. book that you think I should read, like, what is that? Let me know, mm-hmm. you know, because that's an intimate thing. Like, wow, I have to think about that. That's like a piece of their soul that they give. Um, and then the third one is like something you're, you're trying to land. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and that could be whatever in business. Maybe it's just like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to get this done. I I need more exposure for my product. If there's anything, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. I don't know. But if you have asked those three questions, um, and have an answer, be ready with an answer. If they ask you, Mm -hmm. that will get you ahead of 90% of people. And you don't have to have any kind of a certain personality to do that, but you just have to be ready. Oh, so good. So good. I hope you all are like taking such great notes because that's so good. Like mm-hmm. if you are 21 and just starting your career or you're, if you're 61 and kind of coming to the end of your career, like it's just good life ad- advice, you know, mm-hmm. like how to work a, a cocktail re- uh, reception. It's just, mm-hmm. just good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's why, that's why I love you. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about um, mentoring. Mm-hmm. And um, how important has that been for you? Where have you found those mentors? And um, now where you are in your career, obviously you're, you know, I know you have interns, I know you have, you know, staff. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is important in terms of being a mentor as well? I think being a mentor is an this is thing that you just, you hear all the time or whatever, but you just, the doing it is Mm -hmm. rare is they're always watching you. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure that the things that you're telling them to do, you're doing. Um, If you expect a place to even be at an event, if you expect it to be clean, then you need to take out the trash Mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, And just the idea of like, you're not too good for Mm -hmm. anything. Um, 
uh, is, you know, is that providing, you know, an open door kind of format, but maybe you need to set your hours kind of thing. So that's like where, um, as far as mentorship and just finding out, like, if I could, you know, asking a question, like, what is the one thing that you feel like you need me the most for Mm -hmm. and find out what that is from them. So then, you know, like what kind of information to give them, how do you give that to them? Um, you know, that kind of thing. And even on a bigger platform, like when we post things, like I feel like we're sometimes a mentor inadvertently, like not on purpose, you know, to people that are just watching us. Um, so I feel really big about also personalizing things where it's not always about success, do this or do that, but it's like, Hey, you know what? Um, I'm also a mom and it's showing like the struggles of like, okay, today I had to miss the dance recital because I, you know, had mm-hmm. to, had to work and like that was hard or whatever, but I'm working super hard to show my daughter that, you know, like you can have this unjob life and things are, and you don't have to choose menu items at Denny's, yeah. you know, for your life and your career. So that's um, where I think those things are important to remember mm-hmm. as, as a mentor. And then along the way, um, I think mentors to me have definitely been you for, you know, I mean, that was, that was for sure. And um, teachers, anybody like people on TV, just you, sometimes you need formalized mentors and you need to say, will you be, because sometimes yeah. you need, you know, advice on something specific. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that, you know, sometimes my kids, are my mentors mm-hmm. like that you could take advice from yeah. them too like oh that was good yeah. you know I was like you're right uh, that was what I look like wasn't it you know what I mean <laughs> so that's like um my husband like all mm-hmm. all of those things like um mentors along the way and kind of your north star um mm-hmm. because you need to be there for people but you very much need people and yeah. you don't necessarily have to have a standing call or they don't have to be in your life you could mentor out people you don't know as well yeah um so I, obviously I'm not a mom and so how do you, and I don't love the word balance because mm-hmm. I think work-life balance is yeah. just like this thing that can never be achieved mm-hmm. because something is always giving, right? Yeah. Like you just said, like sometimes you have to miss the dance recital because of work. And mm-hmm. I like the word sort of harmony better. Like how do you mm-hmm. ebb and flow with, with your life? So mm-hmm. you travel a lot. You you have a very demanding schedule. You have a lot of pressure on you because you're creating something completely new. Mm-hmm. And you have a great husband at home and you have two great kids. Like, how do you harmonize all of that um, in this crazy world that we live in? Mm -hmm. I would say that the first thing is... um that's also a word that I try and take out of my cab mm-hmm. my phrase is the work-life balance because mm-hmm. there is not one yeah. um, and something you it's a choice of sacrifice mm-hmm. right and I think those sacrifices are uh, definitely time mm-hmm. you know um, away from you know your family and that other thing and understanding um, and all of that but I think that this harmony that you're talking about which is a great word um, is absolutely attainable if you loop them in. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we say, okay, just schedule alone, right? Some days and sometimes projects are coming up like secret family reunion in November, like that's a lot. And my husband and my kids, like they know like, hey, I'm gonna be like 
you're watching TV, I'm kind of on the computer or I'm going to be gone more. I have this trip or whatever it is. But if I let them know that that's coming in advance, they know like, okay, from this time to this time, she going to be crazy, you know, or <laughs> whatever. Or maybe, you know, that my husband needs to like do pick up more slack that, you know, and things I normally do or whatever, vice versa, or just, I'm going to need more hugs or I might be like, not so nice yeah. um, or whatever. Yeah. And so they know, or these are the trips that I have. And then making time given that. So if you're going to be away, you need to commit that the concentrated time that you do have. So it's not quantity, it's quality mm-hmm. is great. And that, that's a struggle. That's a struggle for me because sometimes like my daughter London wants to go do something. I'm like, this is so boring. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like all she wants me to do is like, I'm at the pool and all I'm thinking about is like, oh my God, I, I want to get back or, oh, I have this idea or like whatever. Cause my brain's always on. That's not, and it's not realistic to think that it will ever be off. But all she wants me to do is watch her. Is that like, then I need to commit to like leaving my phone at home and taking her and just watching her do a cannonball 74 times. So, you know, that's where, um, prep and, and that comes into play, um, in that it's, it's not a balance. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's what are you willing to give up at what, how much and at what magnitude that is. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and along the line in that, you know, whatever is I'm driven by like, London's a worker, you know, that's my daughter. Like she's like, she loves it. She's always starting a business in her. She's, you know, selling cupcakes or, you know, whatever it is. And so, you know, she doesn't want to go hang out at Chuck E. Cheese. She's worked events with me actually before in tow. Um, And so she loves to hang out at the W lobby. You know what I mean? So it's just like her, she sees things very differently. She sees travel, hard work, gets you things like, oh, I can run a company. Like Mm -hmm. the confidence she has in herself is like, whoa, you know what I mean? Which is great. Um, and it's not that I'm telling her to have that. She's just watching it happen. Yeah, exactly. Last night at dinner, we were having a pretty profound conversation about women helping women and unfortunately sharing some stories about women not always helping women, mm-hmm. especially uh, women who um, are making platforms around women helping women mm-hmm. and the hypocrisy of that. And so what do we do better? Like, how do we figure this nut out to crack this nut? Like, because you and I both have experienced things that are just disappointing mm-hmm. that you're like, ah, how can you be making your platform? Your whole platform is women bringing women along. And then mm-hmm. I hear this story of what happened and it's like, that's so contradictory to what that's doing. Now everyone's human. People make mistakes. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the women helping women thing is a little bit of like this thing we say, but we don't necessarily always do. Mm-hmm. So I just what, you know, like experience wise or like, what are you seeing now being an entrepreneur and just mm-hmm. where can we be better? I would like women helping women. And, and, and so that we don't have to have conversations like we had last night where it's like, Oh, your story. Wait till I tell you my story. <laughs> you know, and we were like out competing each other yeah. with like the tragedy of these stories. And it, that's, that's tough mm-hmm. because you and I are both like so pro women and mm-hmm. we want to help each other. And like, why can't it just be like that? Mm -hmm. You know, so just let's kind of dive a little bit into like women helping women at the moment and whatever that means to you and how we can be better at doing that. Mm -hmm. It's a good one. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that a big thing is um, exact like you nailed it on. If you made a mistake, Mm -hmm. be humble and Mm -hmm. say, okay, like Mm -hmm. that was, that was wrong. Right. Like sometimes I bulldoze into a situation thinking like not thinking actually thinking just one thing and not realizing like the 
trail that I have of damage <laughs> behind me, like, oops. Yeah. You know what I mean? And instead of trying to justify it or being aggressive or whatever, like going back and be like, whoa, you know what? I didn't even realize. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, whoa, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I shouldn't have done that or, you know what I mean? Um, I blew past you and then you had you suffered because of that and maybe that's a woman you're helping or somebody on your team or or whatever and I think just like a nod to like you know I got you or you know Mm -hmm. when you do make a mistake admit it go get it and then just this is what if, if I, I'm going to try and do this, you know, yeah. and, and move forward and admitting that you learned something from that situation mm-hmm. because we're not perfect. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the, the good bonuses of being a woman is, you know, you have this intuition that mm-hmm. you can use. And um, sometimes it's it's like a challenge of like, OK, I want to, you know, quote, move up the ladder or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you want to call it. And um and you got to be aggressive. You can't just be like, oh, no, you know, it's fine. And, you know, oh, it's fine. Like, they'll take care of me or they'll do whatever. Like, no, you have to ask for it. So yeah. I think just considering yourself, like, be on the look for mm-hmm. women that you can, um, you know, help. And maybe just by a couple things like, yeah. hey, even just being a little bit more encouraging. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can encourage people you don't know. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you could say, wow, like you said this and, and that just was really encouraging to me. And that's awesome. And now I feel like I have a little bit more confidence. Mm -hmm. Like what woman wouldn't want to know that something that she did, she meant to her, maybe she didn't, has inspired somebody else or another woman to take another Mm -hmm. step, you know, forward or not, or just, um, you know, being able to relate, like relate to other women that, that are, uh, that are around you. Oh, wow. Like kind of sandwich method. It like, think if you have to process it in your mind, like something great they're doing, um, an an offer of help or like, Mm -hmm. Hey, you know what? Like, I don't girl, I don't think you need to like say you're you're sorry you're you're amazing like you don't have to do that whatever and then just let me know if there's anything I can help you and just watching her back is you know those just common courtesies I think first um and not being like emotional about it just being like encouraging and looking for them right yeah exactly and and if you are making your entire platform around helping women you know, women helping women, yeah. then you actually need to be a woman helping a woman. Yes, <laughs> right? absolutely. So let's just call that out like, yeah. because that's the part that frustrates. It's like, again, I mean, in these particular stories we were sharing, everyone's human. People make mistakes, mm-hmm. but it's different when you make a choice. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And so that's the hard part to swallow. It's like, I have lost a lot of respect for these women we were talking mm-hmm. about last night and I don't want to lose respect correct? because they're all dynamic women who have done mm-hmm. great and great work and have contributed and have a good message, but it's, it goes back to authenticity. Right. right. And so I just want to be able to believe who you are and what's mm-hmm. coming out of your mouth and then not hear about, Oh, but contrary to that was mm-hmm. this whole other thing that's opposite of what she's, you know, yes. on this stage talking about or the books that she's selling or, you know, what. So, right. yeah. So I get, you know, the net net on that is just like, we just need to be nicer to each other and really yeah. be like, I am going to help to bring the women along, you know, right. and, and realize and the realize. impact that you have and that your actions or lack thereof mm-hmm. can have um, on, on other women. Like, you yeah. Can, just because it's great for you, maybe you're setting us all back. Like yeah. that's not a good choice, you know? Right. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So, um, okay, we're coming up at the end of time, and you and I literally could have 14 episodes, yes, talking together. So. <laughs> and we haven't even like cracked the bottle of wine yet, so yes. that's that's the disappointing part in all Dang. of this is we haven't had the wine. But I'm gonna. We always end it with rapid fire questions, but due to time, I'm just gonna throw a couple okay. at you um, and um, summarize. So um, these are just meant to be like right off the top of your head, okay. super fun. 
Mm-hmm. Don't stress. Okay, go. Okay, there's no, <laughs> there's no test at the end of this. So right now you have to get a tattoo. What do you mm-hmm. get and why? Pineapple on my wrist because I love pineapples. <gasps> I and like it's it. A sign of hospitality. Yep. And I like it. I like it. Okay, mm-hmm. good. If you were running for office today, what would be your platform? What would be your one campaign promise? Connect humans. Oh, I love it. Like on a deeper level. Like yeah. Community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Community, yes. Yeah. Um, when does your light shine the brightest? When I'm connecting other people. Mm-hmm. And helping them with something that I feel like I've been like blessed with or whatever. And I can see that resonate and they're like, thank you. That was awesome. I'm like, ah, like I think I ooze it, you know? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, What's the one piece of advice you'd give to your younger self? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would say just ask. Mm -hmm. So in the spirit of the big ask, right? Do you you currently have a big ask and how can we help you? Yes, I would say that um, I would love to just more intros, more access. If there is anything that you heard on this whole podcast and something inside you goes, oh my gosh, you know who would love to hear this? Or you know who she should meet? Or you know what she should do? I want to know all those things. Um, Or you know what we should give her an invite to? Mm -hmm. Like, absolutely. I just want to be... in the room, mm-hmm. um, you know, and if I would love to, and yes, that's my big ask, but I, I would say I'd come back with one and say like, I want to feel like I've also given you something and maybe you don't have the answer right now, but just like when I say, and let me know if you ever need anything, I would hope that you come back. Yeah. Uh, so how can people get a hold of you? What's the best way? Yes. I would say email. Okay. Yes. And that's Nicole at hotrockcreative.com. And that's H-A-U-T-E, like mm-hmm. hot, but we're American and we say hot. <laughs> um, yeah. In an email. And I mean, you could just you know, send me a funny gif and I don't even need yeah. to know who you were. I'll respond with one too. Yeah. yeah. I love it. <laughs> and on social, they can find you at. Yep. On Instagram, it's um, at Virgin's Biggest Fan. <laughs> and yes. And then um, on LinkedIn would be the best way to. And that's Nicole Ashibodu. O-S-I-B-O-D-U. And you are the queen of LinkedIn. If there's ever a girl who can work at LinkedIn, (laughs) yes. Uh, So the next time I have you back, we're going to dive deep into your love affair and passion for Richard Branson. Yes. And your The company and Richard Branson. Not him as a weird stalker. (laughs) So yeah. (laughs) Um, But we're going to talk about your one woman campaign Mm -hmm. to getting to the place of, I don't know Richard, to I'm going to meet Richard. Yes. He will invite me to Necker Island one day. Yep. And I will take a picture. I love it. And you will ask me what I want. I love it. I mean, literally just as little aside, when I told my parents I was coming up to spend some time with uh, Nicole, <laughs> the number one thing my dad said immediately out of his mouth was, has she re- has she met Richard Branson yet? <laughs> and I was like, nope, but she's getting closer it will every happen. single day. Yep. And it's so great the way that you're doing it. It's just, <laughs> it's so fun to follow. So definitely check that out on social. So Nicole, I wish we lived in the same city still because yes. I miss everything about you, but I can't thank you enough for being a guest on the Big S Podcast. Yes, thank All you. Right. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Big Ass Podcast. Like what you heard? Subscribe to and share the podcast with your friends. And be sure to connect with me on social at Miss Nicole Matthews or at Big Ass Podcast. Until next time, let today be the day you make a big ask. Big Ass.